0: Sponsored by Skin Slipper, a safer, smarter skincare device. Ugh, and then
1: I'm always the one that moves around and makes the most noise. Ugh, <laughs> uh, I had to grab my glass of wine, so. Hey everybody, it's Richie Rich and Westerfer. We are here with a very special episode with Sharon Blinn from Captain
2: Marvel. Oh my God. Hey Sharon, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. Well, thanks so
1: much for calling in. We're really, really glad to have you on the show. We're super excited to talk to you.
2: Thank
1: you, I'm excited to be here. Yay. So, of course, Captain Marvel is in theaters now, and...
0: Um, Slaying we... the box office.
1: Yes. And we've been talking about yes. this for weeks, you know, and we'd love to have you talk about your experience on the movie, how you got involved, and a little about the character that you play.
2: i thrilled to do that, because I'm a huge Marvel and Stan Lee fan.
1: Oh, um, you're a Marvel nerd. <laughs>
0: Yay. We knew yeah. you like you for a reason. Yes.
2: so uh it's an absolute dream come true that i could not have ever imagined would be happening in my life at this moment um i actually met stanley very briefly a couple of years ago in 2016 at la comic-con and i actually thought that would be the pinnacle of my bucket list check it off met stanley in my life moment (laughs) and two years later this is happening, so I there are really no words.
1: That's incredible, real
2: and wonderful. Yes,
1: yeah. we were probably at that convention, by the way. Who are some of your favorite Marvel characters?
2: Um, well, I really, I just love the whole MCU, like the the full palette of of Marvel, and it's it's really more about um, the fact that the way they write their superheroes, which I'm sure people have talked about, uh, that their superheroes, their superpowers are based on what people kind of usually are considered their flaws or their shortcomings or, or whatever it is. So it's sort of me being uh, a nerd and the <laughs> in teeth and tormented growing up, you know, I always had to find a strength in myself and see my, even things like academic accomplishment as not something to be made fun of, but something that actually makes me great. And, and I had to find that within myself and all the Marvel universe always includes these kind that kind of angle with their characters and their stories that it's, what is someone's superpower is something, you know, What that's what makes them unique and special. And I just love it. I actually, for me, empathy is my superpower. That's what I, I thought, I was hoping Stanley would write a superhero for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that part didn't happen, but yeah. empathy is my superpower. Um, but yeah, so I just, I just love the MCU and the, and the storylines and, you know, sometimes it can get confusing with storylines. The characters change, and backstories, and things get rewritten and morphed. I mean, Captain Marvel herself—that uh, character—has been through decades of different iterations of story and storylines, and. You know, uh, I just find it all very fascinating. It's always done with an interesting level of storytelling and nuance that I, I just love about it, all their characters.
1: Yeah, they really seem to have such a, a cohesive universe. You know, growing up myself, I read a lot of Marvel comics and it was always, you know, they were so well thread in with each other. They interacted with each other and they've done the same thing with the movies as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like playing a bad guy in Captain Marvel? <laughs> or a bad girl, I guess. Bad bad lady. Girl, bad yeah. Skrull. Bad queen. <laughs> uh,
2: it's, let me tell you, it's not easy being green. And I've always <laughs>
0: been. I <laughs> mean it. You wore so, it very well, though. Kind of, and
2: then we're
0: together. You looked amazing uh, in green,
2: though. <laughs> I do. I like it. Um, it's fantastic the whole process and um, yeah I can't really talk too much about it, that kind of thing without giving away spoilers so I won't say but mm-hmm. um, that's where again what I love about Marvel is there's so much depth and layer to all the characters so it's not just this kind of, you know, big, bad, evil person is, that's all they are. And, and the superhero is just, that's all they are. You know, it's not just kind of this binary good versus evil thing. You know, there's there's real richness and character development and story to everything. So that's, you know, that's part of it. And so being part of a story that has all these complexity and nuances, is really special.
0: Totally. Speaking of processes, how was the makeup process for you in this role?
2: It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, my first day going to legacy effects, I was totally dorking out. of taking pictures of the legacy effects sign and all the different <laughs> stuff. I was in the inner sanctum of where all this,
1: Incredible cinematic wonder uh, that I grew up... Hello? Oh no, we've lost her.
0: That's terrible. You guys, we're going to have to call her back. (laughs) (laughs) She's somewhere in the quantum universe?
1: Yes, (laughs) Thanos just snapped, y'all. This is what happens with
0: technology, (laughs) y'all. We haven't moved. Hello?
2: Hey, how? What
0: happened? We we lost you in the quantum realm some, somewhere. <laughs> oh my
2: God! <laughs> what happened?
0: We have no idea.
1: <laughs> I, uh, uh, you dropped you dropped out right when you were mm-hmm. telling us just about uh, getting in to see the uh, the um, makeup space and the cinema uh, secret space for the first time. Yes. Uh, yes.
2: Well, being inside this the space and seeing there's just decks, desks and shelves and filled with body parts and (laughs) this thing and like metal joints being done. And then the 3D imaging, I did the whole thing of what I had to go through the face casting and the 3D imaging and the teeth, getting fitted for the teeth and the lenses and everything was just... It was. I was just geeking out the entire time. Wow. I think, I think they felt it because <laughs> I, just, I, I had a perm smile on um, yeah. the entire time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's great um, for them. Though. Chair,
2: the, the process of doing the makeup when I finally was on set. It was about two hours, so not really too grueling. Okay. Really. Not terrible. Yeah. Um. And we got it down to like an hour and a half by the by by the time we were finished with things, but towards the end, but. Even the makeup guys who, were Chris and Mike, my, were my two, my, my, my guys, and we just had immediate, just wonderful chemistry and inside jokes abounding uh, from the very beginning. But even they were like, yeah, you're probably going to get annoyed or bored or tired of it by the second or third time. But every day I came on set at 5 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in some crazy early morning, I would hop in the chair and like, okay, guys, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it was never, I just, every day I was in such gratitude and over the moonness about the whole experience, like every aspect of it. I just wanted every cell of my body to hold on to that feeling every moment. It was just just extraordinary, exquisite. I loved it. Oh,
1: and how amazing that you really got to be you know, play such an immersive character. It wasn't like you just put on a shirt or a robe or something. You know, you truly transformed into one of these characters. So how yeah, freaking cool is amazing. that? And
2: and being being married to Ben Mendelssohn is pretty cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad gig. <laughs> uh,
2: that was pretty awesome. Getting to like run and jump into his arms was
0: great. Oh.
2: just even yeah, working with someone like him it was incredibly so grounded and and real and present and just you know we had these we had a very short time to cultivate an immediate kind of a connection and a bond.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And and also passed through all these prosthetics because we only saw each other on set in full gear. I did not meet Ben Mendelssohn as a humanoid until my very last day of shooting.
1: Oh, how interesting! That's interesting. <laughs> oh, wow! I was wondering if you could tell us how much you did in like in real life, practically, like on location versus on set versus just green screen. Was was there sort of a mesh of all of those going on?
2: It was all on set and on location, with the exception of the reshoots that we did in December, which was blue screen, actually. Okay. Um, so, because they were recreating some of the moments um, that we had already shot throughout the summer, just re- recreating some of some of the moments, and therefore, they didn't bring the whole Cree ship back to life and yeah. put that whole thing together. Um, and then the dinner scene also we shot another moment of the dinner scene at the house that we just you know, it, it's extraordinary the interior, the set designers recreated a house in Baton Rouge on- <laughs> in Los Angeles it's like magic of Hollywood Right? It's incredible
1: That's amazing. down to the
2: detail, you know, I was thinking about it because I knew they were going to be reshooting some of that stuff I was like, well, I'm not going back down to Baton Rouge am I? um <laughs> And there they had the dining room table, and they were only shooting it from a certain side. So they they created everything from that side of the table back, uh, in with exactitude. It was kind of extraordinary.
0: Wow, that is amazing.
2: Yeah. So
1: uh, cool. I mean, it's we could just geek out about this probably for the next like three right. <laughs> hours. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so as far as like uh, you know, this is really the second movie that's had a female lead superhero. We're not counting Elektra. Um, and it's done... <laughs> first
2: one for Marvel.
1: Yeah, yes. first one for Marvel. It's done yes. so incredibly well. Can Can you speak to just what it's like being sort of part of this whole... Uh, shift. Like there's there's yes. something happening that we're seeing. It's in, a revolution in Hollywood of female where, empowerment. Yeah, but I mean there's a lot of stuff that's sort of just breaking ground. You know what I mean? Like us and uh uh Jordan Peel and stuff like that. Like yeah. I, yeah. So
2: I love how the landscape is expanding. I don't want to say changing. I just I just feel like it's the landscape has always been what it's been. All you know, extraordinary people of color and extraordinary females male like there's there's all these people have always been around creating Mm -hmm. and now that this stage is finally expanding to invite more people to be on that stage.
1: I like that you um, say it's expanding mm -hmm. and not, you know, Ooh, everything's changing. Like it's expanding. We're just getting more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or finally inviting and including more of everyone that, so that it's more representative of actual humanity. Yes. (laughs) Um, That's what it should be. So, You know, as glacially as things in life and in Hollywood and everything might change, it's always a good thing for humanity to be truthfully reflected in our stories because our stories bring us together. Our stories can be shared across the spectrum of everyone who we are. And that's what connects us is just our shared humanity.
1: Absolutely. So, Sharon, you are a cancer survivor and founded Bald is Beautiful, uh, which supports uh, ovarian cancer programs. And I'd just love for you to speak about that for a moment with our audience.
2: I would love to. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I started Bald is Beautiful back in, I started it really in 2002. And I my cancer experience went from 2000 to 2003. And in 2002, I was given a, a remission that ended up not being in remission. And then the following year, 2003, is when I was finally in remission. But during my experience, I um, I lost my hair initially from chemo. And I had really long hair. That was part of my trademark look was I'm a hippie. I'm a hippie jazz chick. I was working in the music business in the jazz world in New York City. And it was just kind of part of who I was, my identity. And so when I faced the idea of losing my hair, um... It forced me to question, you know, how I was defining myself and my identity. And also then, of course, dealing with moving ovaries potentially and how biology defines us as women.
1: And that sort of led you to create Bald is Beautiful, yes?
2: Yes. I um, I went through this experience where I, um, I, I decided to take some beauty photos for myself. Uh, a friend of mine connected me with a photographer and I just, without my hair, I wanted to, I don't know, just have pictures of myself in this new form and feel beautiful and um coming out of this photo shoot i just i had such a wonderful experience and it changed the whole dynamic around losing my hair that i felt i just kind of in my mind i was like wow what if every woman could have this kind of opportunity to have this celebration of herself and bring that kind of energy into her cancer experience um, and that includes like when I, when I had the hair, I cut my hair short first and we had a haircut party.
1: <laughs> yeah. We used to cut
2: my hair. She, this woman cut my hair since I was five years old. Always the same thing. Just the split ends. Don't ever cut long. was just keep my hair long. Yeah. And then wow. she came to my house and go to my parents' house where I was, I was down in Florida when it happened. And she cut my hair in their living room looking out onto the water in, in Florida and, and then a week later, really coming out, and then I had a head shaving party. So I always kind of found a way, intuitively, to have a fun experience around something that's supposed to be very traumatic.
1: Yeah, to embrace and, it and, and you know, change yeah. that trajectory. That's amazing. And
2: flip it over, you know, yeah. just to sort of, okay, if I'm I can't control, it's just kind of sort of a, like a Buddhist kind of approach I'm not Buddhist or anything, but it's sort of, you know, I can't control what's happening. I can't control having cancer, Hmm. but I can control my experience of everything that happens along the way.
0: Yeah, don't treat it as a loss, treat it as a celebration.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So that's that and then I took a photograph with an actress who was doing the play with, I don't know if you're familiar with that play, but it's about a woman going through ovarian cancer and she has a bald head in the play. And there was a production going on and I shaved the actor's head who was playing the lead uh-huh. and they there was a photographer there and they shot these incredible pictures of us having such a great time and it was on the cover of the Miami Herald arts and leisure section and my parents started getting all these phone calls from all these people who saw this article we didn't realize it was gonna be this huge thing in the newspaper and they were saying how this photo was so joyful They were going to send it to their aunt who was going through treatment or they're going to stick it up on their office so that they see this joy every day and are inspired to, you know, overcome any of their obstacles with a sense of adventure.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: that. Yeah. And so I just realized, oh, my gosh, there's it's just an image. Yeah. Yeah. Our stories were in there where they, they, they were talking about, you know, me and this other woman who were there both talked about going through cancer treatment. But this image on its own was having such an impact that I it just that's when it really sparked. The idea of, oh my gosh, the power of an image to transform how we perceive ourselves, how people perceive the cancer experience for others or themselves, how we define what makes us women and what makes us beautiful. That's when the spark happened of, I saw physical, empirical, physical evidence that, oh my gosh, an image can actually have this incredible impact. And that's when I said, okay, when I finish with this cancer thing, I'm going to do all this beautiful
1: that's amazing and
2: that's how it started and <laughs> i felt like okay acting modeling was putting the image out there in ways yeah. that are positive and empowering even if i'm playing someone going through cancer i can you know depict it with the grace and the dignity and the joy that i actually exhibited in my own journey so th- there's always images of you know the the gray pallard bedraggled knocking on heaven's door woman going to treatment and that's all out there that's abundantly out there i felt like okay but there's other ways we can talk mm-hmm. about cancer and depict it and i want to be part of that
1: wow you are a strong yeah. woman yeah. oh my gosh course,
2: doing things that are not necessarily cancer patients of yes there's with the statistics considering because yeah. the cancer statistics the number of women going through it or that we know someone is going through it or even it doesn't go past two degrees of separation. yeah There are so many bald women out there that you might not know are
1: bald.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of them are bald, some of them are wearing hats, scarves, or wigs. But yeah. Everyone can connect to the experience, and if we can put it in a positive light and an empowering, encouraging light, then we don't have to carry around the baggage of society telling us that we're not as beautiful without our hair, mm-hmm. or we're not complete women without our breasts or our reproductive organs. We can carry on with the really important thing of fighting to live.
1: Exactly. And it makes it less frightening as well. I'm sure the experience, instead of having this looming dread with approaching it, you know, in a more positive way is also more healing as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because instead of, you know, the really, the first question you get diagnosed, the first question is, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. And holy shit, I'm going to lose my hair. It's like the second question for women, yeah. which I also found out of whack. You know, I met women who had a harder time losing hair than their breasts that they had already lost or uh-huh. just fighting for their lives. And I just thought, man, I, I really need to, I want to do something to shift that dynamic because we can't afford that energy when we're trying to heal ourselves to have carry around shame or embarrassment or insecurity. We, we just literally can't afford it.
1: Absolutely. There's yes.
2: an image out there saying, oh, I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to look like that yeah. on that show or in that movie or in that magazine. It, you know,
1: yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you see representation, then it's not, you know, it takes away the the uh, loneliness of it.
2: Yeah, and actually that connects back into our conversation about Marvel and how important representation is, where you see something like Black Panther and the success it had and how many, like, people that connected with that either may or may not have already been into comic books or any of that other stuff, but just to have such a, like, a gorgeous Film and have that complete representation in a way that's never been really seen before in that way. And what a positive impact that it that has and how important it is for people. I think Captain Marvel is doing that for the for females, you know, in, the, in that sense. And absolutely so important
1: absolutely yes i love it all oh my god uh sharon it's been just so great to speak to you we're so happy that you gave us a call how can our listeners get involved with bald is beautiful and how can they follow you on social
2: um well i have a website it's baldisbeautiful.org
1: there you go we'll put that in our notes yeah
2: um there is a bald is beautiful facebook group as well um and on instagram i'm at Called, that is that
0: beautiful. Fantastic, love it. Following <laughs> you now. You are an inspiring, beautiful woman. I'm looking at your headshot right now, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what that? We're we're just <laughs> looking at your headshot right now. I have it pulled
0: up. It's beautiful, inspiring, inside and out.
2: I'm oh very in awe of you right now. Yes. All right,
1: you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this very special bonus episode with Sharon Blinn. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel, go see it now. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.